This week on Erotic Awakening, self-tying CB fetish and a therapist reviews us. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. The Erotic Awakening Podcast is grateful for the support of our patrons who receive ad-free early access to the podcast, as well as other fantastic perks. Thank you to our newest supporter to the Patreon community, Allison. Allison, get over on Discord, get your name turned purple, and you can see all the cool stuff we got going on. Yeah, because we definitely do have a community there. We have a Patreon yeah, really community. Neat. It's really kind of cool. Hi, Dawn. So, hi, Dan. <laughs> you thought I was going to forget that. <laughs> I did. Uh, this week, we are going to be talking about uh, uh, cock and ball fetishism. Uh, a therapist has found us and wrote a scathing review. Nah. But before we get there, uh, Don, you had mentioned a couple shows ago something about if you could go to an event and tie yourself up, you'd always have someone to play with. Very true. And it may even have been the last show or one of the last two shows. And we were talking about... Um, kinks that i wish i had i wish i had kinks i wish i was into but just don't do it for me or something like that so and what i had found was is that i really would love to have an interest in rope and i just haven't it hasn't clicked in 22 years um but self-tying i see people do self-tying all the time self-suspension self-tying me and me and a bundle of rope what is it called a hank of rope me and a hank of rope, and I wouldn't have to worry about playing with anybody else. It would just be me, myself, and I, and we'd have a good time. Well, <laughs> fortunately for you on the podcast tonight, we have a special guest, Katrina, who happens to know everything, well, some things, about self-time. <laughs> Katrina, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So let me start off by just making sure, for especially for our listeners who may not know, When we're talking about self-tying, what are we actually talking about? Uh, Rope bondage done to yourself by yourself, essentially. Uh, (laughs) It's a a pretty simple definition. (laughs) As opposed to tying other people, you act as the rope top and the rope bottom. You tie everything, you untie everything. Nice. So that leads me to hundreds of questions. Well, I just had this thing. It's like the other thing that I wish I was into and not into is topping. So I would have to top myself during this thing. Well, let's start there. (laughs) In your classic BDSM experience, it is there's a top and there is a bottom. So is self-tying, are you topping yourself and bottoming yourself? Or is it just not part of that experience? or, Or what does that look like? I would say uh, I'm a bit biased as I am a switch. So I do top and I do bottom. Uh, Before I started topping other people, though, I was self-tying. And I would say it's almost outside the spectrum of topping and bottoming. You're doing something that is so completely removed from getting into a bottom headspace or a top headspace because you have to experience both. Mm-hmm. So it's it's this weird line that you're walking where you might go into top space, but you're also receiving what's happening. So you might start to go into bottom space and you have to kind of check both of them because you still need to be able to function and then also still enjoy the experience. 
So I have a question for you that may be way off the rail for a second, but um, I could see if I was doing this with myself, I could actually see it as a very spiritual thing. So, yeah. So I I was wondering, because some people, the spirituality of BDSM is not their thing, right? So that's why I said it could be an awkward question, but but do you find it spiritual? Yes. Find it like Uh, meditative or... So in general, I find rope when I'm tying others, when I'm being tied by others to be a very connective and very intimate experience. Um, And that is my whole goal, especially when I'm tying others, is I'm trying to connect with them. So when I'm self-tying, I'm connecting with myself Mm -hmm. to a very intense degree. Um, And I find it to be very therapeutic at times. Uh, I will frequently self-tie and just do floor work. Uh, I do face bondage and neck bondage as well, which is very extreme and would never recommend newbies ever try that, of course. But it's a very cathartic and very, at times, spiritual sense and kink happening to yourself that you are also in control of. Nice. This is clicking, actually. So I wonder if this is my next thing. Cause I, I, that is exactly what I, I feel. Oh, yeah. Let me convert be. you to it. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> we'll get to how we're going to convert you in a second. <laughs> I'm going to have to guess. Now I am, um, I have taken a variety of classes on being a rope top and um, I have failed all of my classes and it just doesn't sing to me. And, I, and the reason I failed is because I don't <laughs> care. You know, it just doesn't, Fair. it's just not one of the things I dig. But one of the things that um, is consistent is the conversations around safety. So what are the safety uh, concerns concerns around self-bondage versus the obvious, you know, where you've got a rope top who's going to have a pair of safety scissors and can keep an eye on you? Yeah, great, great question. Uh, I would still, I always try to have safety shears on my person or within arm's reach when I'm self-tying, the biggest concern is going to be that you're going to run out of stamina because you are burning through it. Um, You're kind of burning the candle on both ends there. Um, And it's something, especially if you're doing like self-suspension, which I've done a lot of, you're going to run out of energy about twice as fast as you normally would if you're topping or if you're bottoming. And you still need to be able to untie everything and get yourself out of it. Uh, and so there's no shame in taking breaks. Tons of people will in the middle of, okay, I just tied this very complicated chest harness and it's tired your shoulders out because you're tying behind your back for most of it. Take a 20 minute break. Not a big deal on the slightest. Um, it's also very common to have a spotter. Even if the person doesn't know much about rope, it's not difficult to cut rope uh, if you need that. And so having a spotter, I always recommend that. And that's what I do anytime I'm tying at my dungeon is I have someone who can spot me just in case uh, who have a pair of safety shears nearby as well. Uh, And then in terms of other degrees, you, it almost feels like it's more safe in certain areas because you end up learning so much about your own body. And you was, learn that because you feel it immediately. I, I was wondering about that because a, a rope top is constantly having to ask or the bottom's having to communicate. Whoa, that pinches because you don't want, right? You don't want it on nerves. Yeah. You don't want the, the nerve damage and stuff and, and things like that. So, you know, vocal back and forth, but doing it with yourself, you're going to feel it 
automatically. And I'm sitting here picturing cupcake boobs. Man, I'm going to string myself up and cupcake boobs. <laughs> They're super fun to do. I've self-tied it. It's rad. Um, and I, I recommend self-tying to tops and bottoms, not just switches, uh, because you learn so much so quickly because you're feeling it immediately. Nice. There's never any second guessing of, oh, is this on a bad spot? Maybe is my tension a little bit funky? Because you can tell. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned a spotter, uh, and that makes a lot of sense to me why, how it could still be a solo scene, much like, I guess, weightlifting. It's still you lifting the weights. You just have somebody there keeping an eye on things from a safety perspective. Does that suggest that you don't do this at home alone? Yes, uh, I have the longest running dungeon in the United States is in Arizona, where I'm at. And so I frequently, um, I'm a volunteer, I teach there, I party there, I do all kinds of fun stuff. And at that dungeon, it is a rule, you're not allowed to self-seen. And so even if it's just you doing it, you still need to have another person involved. So what about and so I'm doing that, yeah. What what about on a Wednesday night when the dungeon's closed and you're just hanging out at home? Uh, do you ever just play? Do you ever do self bondage by yourself without the spotter? Oh, for sure, for sure. And you you really shouldn't. But I I as I say when I'm teaching, do as I say, not as I do. I take. Right a ridiculous amount of risks that most people should not. Um, But I definitely have gotten myself into funky, weird predicament bondage things when I'm self-tying because I don't have someone at home that I can just be like, Hey, go sit in the living room and I'll shout if I need you Mm -hmm. Um, or just sit here and watch and make sure I don't, you know, get into a position I can't get out of. Uh, I have warned people in the past via text like, hey, if you don't hear from me, that means something's wrong, or I'm about to attempt this funky tie. Uh, sometimes I'll do like a Discord um, watch party, and we'll all just self-tie on oh, camera. Neat. So you have other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I would always recommend trying to have a spotter. It's not always possible, and sometimes I just need to self-tie, and I'm willing to take that risk. It all just mm-hmm. depends on what is within your risk profile. So, so where do we, where does one get started with this? Do you need to be an accomplished rope top? No, no. Um, I was not a rope top in the slightest when I started self-tying, not even a little bit. Uh, most of the self-tying basics are going to be rope top basics. So go to a rope 101 and just practice whatever is taught on yourself and you can do most things. The way I tend to teach is very much I'm wanting to teach you the fundamental basics as opposed to copy and pasting a chest harness sort of a thing, Mm -hmm. um, if that makes sense. And so a lot of those basics translate to self-tying. You just have to make small adjustments. Oh, if I want to do this thing behind my back, okay, well, that's going to be a bit of a bit of a pain to do but I can maybe do it and you probably at least for a while can't restrain your own arms so don't try and do that and if you're wanting to tie yourself uh, especially if you're doing unstructured or asymmetrical tying 
which I do a lot of, be aware that you probably want both of your arms free, but you can tie your legs, you can tie your torso, you can tie your fingers, you can tie your toes, you, you can do all sorts of stuff um, and just translate it to tying yourself. And there's a lot of chest harnesses as well that can be modified to tie in front as opposed to in the back. Okay. Nice. You know, I've actually done a little bit of this then because when I was practicing, remember when I wanted to do the rope harness, the rope dress mm-hmm. on, on uh, a, mm-hmm. so I actually did it on myself first so that I could do it on me before I did it on her. So yeah, that's self tying kind of cool. So I, so if anyone ever asked me, so Dawn, how did you get started and whatever, it'd be like, oh yeah, I taught myself how to do the rope dresses, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. Katrina, what started you on your journey? Cause you said you didn't start out as a rope top. I did not. I was a rope bottom. And what I discovered is that there are a lot of people in certain local communities who are not great rope tops and use their position as a rope top to take advantage of other people and don't teach very inclusive rope, which is such a shame because rope is for literally everyone. It's one of the most customizable kinks out there. Uh, And so I was getting really frustrated. I had been told by people like, well, you can't do this because of your size. You can't do this because I don't think you're flexible enough. You can't do this because you're a woman. You can't do this because of whatever reason. And it was really annoying. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me grit my teeth, but (laughs) go ahead. Yeah, And I didn't really want to deal with that. And I was very picky in who I let tie me. And eventually I had filtered out pretty much all of my local rope tops because I said, okay, here's the bar. And they were doing limbo to go under it. And (laughs) I just started attending rope one Oh ones by myself and tying on myself. And from there I learned the rope one Oh ones just from doing it on myself. And once you learn one Oh ones, I mean, with a knowing what a single column is and a munter hitch, and maybe a half hitch, you can do a full rope scene nice. like this. You, you can do that. Um, and that's actually frequently what I teach is here are three super basic things. Once you know them, cool, you can do a scene and it's, and it's not super difficult or hard. And then from there you build up your repertoire essentially. And that's how I started was I liked rope. I liked having it on me. I liked feeling restrained and I was, uh, not going to let a lot of these people tie me. And so I just started doing it myself. And then uh, I'm of the opinion that teaching something is a way to solidify and uh, expand your own knowledge mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. And exactly. so I would, I would teach other partners who were interested in rope. Oh, here's how you do a single column. Here's how you do, you know, basic rope one-on-one stuff. And it started expanding until I was doing much more complicated things and I found a lot of great, inspiring people on Fat Life and Instagram. Um, there's a surprisingly amazing self-tie community on Instagram. Uh, yeah. And Leader. yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that, but right. yeah. it, it was incredible to see the things that people were doing and realize that self-tying wasn't just some kink that you do when you don't have a top or don't have a bottom. Right. It was its own category that people were actively choosing instead of tying others. 
instead of being tied by others. It was, no, I want to go and self-tie and connect with myself. And seeing the ways people were doing that and the different styles of rope was really eye-opening. And from there, I just kind of just kept doing it. Let me toss some words at you, and you tell me if if this is true or false. Okay, here we go. Uh, self-suspension is meditative. It can be, yes. True. So self-suspension is spiritual. True. Self-suspension is erotic. Uh, true for some, not true for me. Okay. Self-suspension is vulnerable. True for some, I think. I, that's probably going to be my answer for a lot of these. Okay. It's be, yeah, it could be. <laughs> Self-suspension is lonely. Oh, false. And, and I think it's important to re-emphasize what you had said earlier in that, I, and I will be the first person to admit, I that would have been my uh, initial thought when I was a younger to the scene person is that self-suspension, self-seening of any sort is for people that just don't have anybody else to play with versus what you said. Uh, I think it makes it more clear. It is a choice that you happen to know a great top yourself and why not yeah. engage with that person? So, well, I used to think that in that um, people that did self-tying and stuff for, for whatever reason, you know, I thought it was because either they didn't trust other people or they couldn't find someone to top them. And then I watched this amazing scene and I, I don't remember if we got that on recording with the last show or not, but um, with Lee Harrington. And oh, it was yeah. just amazing to watch. And he was doing it for spiritual reasons. And yeah, that was, that was hot. So, and then, um, <laughs> you know, and, and Lee kind of shows that things can be done for, you know, whatever reason, but I wanted to, I was trying to segue into, <laughs> um, in what you said with being inclusive, because that, that just, it frustrates me so much in that I could not, I used to be a hundred pounds heavier and I could not mm. find that. This is one of the reasons I, I had against rope is I could not find anybody to tie me or suspend me because they, yeah. they said I wasn't flexible or I was too heavy or things like that. And someone that I really wanted to tie me said, you know what, go find something. Now I actually appreciated this from him. He said, go find someone with a little more experience for your first tie yeah, and then come back to me. So he knew his limits. So that was fine. And then he was willing, but I've had Jay Wiseman tie me before. And yeah. he's like, okay, so you're not as limber as others. So here's how we're going to modify that. And then I had Sparky. Mm -hmm. Hey, Sparky, I think you still listen. Um, <laughs> I was just in touch with him the other day. He did my first suspension and the frame was only like, three inches off the ground. I love right? so I was, suspensions. Yeah. Suspensions so I was only suspended awesome. like three inches off the ground. So it, it helped with my fear, but man, once you're up off the ground, it doesn't matter if you're three inches or, or whatever. So yeah. that was really cool. I'm, I may, I'm starting to get excited. I think it's been a long time since I've played. <laughs> it's like, Oh, new things that we can do in the RV and not be loud. Mm -hmm. So cool. Well, then one more question for you, if you don't mind. Of course. Is there anybody, and you don't have to name names, 
anybody who is a better rope top for you than you? Or is everybody else pretty good, but do you sit there while you're a rope bottom for them thinking, that's not how I would do that? I think uh, that's a good question <laughs> um, because I've, I've been tied by some pretty incredible people. Been tied by like Miss Doctor, who is just incredible in what she does. Uh, I would say it probably depends on our goal of the scene. If the goal is connection, I'm probably the best rope top for myself in that regards. Uh, if my goal is exploring something new, uh, because you can do so many different kinds of rope. You can do painful rope, you can do suspension, you can do predicament, all of that. Um, I tend to have my style of doing it and I don't stray too far from that. That's just, I, I, that's how I prefer to tie. So mm -hmm. doing like uh, Seminawa torture rope, uh, that was the first time I'd ever experienced it was with Miss Doctor and it was absolutely incredible. So she would probably be a better rope top for that in regards to me because I don't have nearly as much experience tying in that style. Okay, very cool. If people wanted to get a hold of you to have you come out and present some self-tying or people like Dawn who want to, you to be their mentor so they can learn all these things, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, you can get a hold of me on FetLife. I am Fox Flame, uh, one word, capital Fs. Uh, you can also probably find me on Instagram. I am Fox La Flame on there. Very cool. Hey, well, thank you very much for sharing some nods with us tonight. Hang out with us uncomfortably for a little bit while we finish wrapping this thing up. <laughs> uh, Dawn, did you know that the only way to find out where, speaking of Instagram, <laughs> the only way to find out where I am going to be in the next week is Instagram? Is it now? No, it's not. I didn't think so. That's the worst way you can find because I don't understand Instagram. <laughs> you would be much better off joining the Erotic Awakening newsletter where you'll get all the events, book news, discounts, and more. <laughs> like and get your EA shout out. Like Christine from Pennsylvania. Jake from New England. Mermaid, Mermaid Valgal. There we go. From New York. Sally from Texas. Robert from Georgia. And Uni from South Carolina. Nice. So head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today. Dawn, um, recently somebody had mentioned they were listening to our uh, podcast on Cunnilingus, and they immediately stopped listening to it because they said it was something they didn't need instruction or listen to. But instead, they said they pulled their hubby over and they said, hubby, hubby, listen to this. Uh, this anonymous person mentions that their husband is great in the sack, but has not had the opportunity to eat pussy a lot. So after listening to that episode, I burst into the door and said, honey, I have a guidebook for you. Ooh, nice. So uh, he got to listen to two points of view, yours and mine. I, and we have not heard back yet how he did with that. <laughs> I assume that the person who it's wrote an, that. It's is, an ongoing yes, endeavor. They're, they're too busy. <laughs> Enjoying Cunnilingus to write us back to say how it went. Awesome. That was a fun show, actually. That was a fun show. Um, so, Dawn, we have three fetishes. And uh, Katrina, I know you're still hanging out out there. Would you uh, be consent to uh, giving us your perspective on one of these random fetishes? 
Yes, I consent to it. Would you like one, two, or three? Uh, three. Three it is. How do you feel about cupping? And for people who don't know, cupping is where you take these little cups or jars and you put them upside down on the body, sometimes um, often on the back. Often you'll use fire or a hand pump to create suction. Uh, as a matter of fact, good old, uh, it wasn't Lance Armstrong, Michael Phillips. Oh, yeah. That, Swimmers did, yes, do that. Did I, the cupping. I actually see marks on people all the time. And I'm like, yeah, no, you don't have to pay for that. But anyway, so. <laughs> have you ever done cupping? Do you dig cupping? I have. I've topped and bottomed to it. Nice. It's uh, fire play is one of my favorite kinks. Uh, the only problem that I have with fire cupping is that people often describe it as like a deep tissue massage. Mm -hmm. I have a lower back injury. And so having any of those cups be anywhere close to my lower back is extremely painful for me. But otherwise, I absolutely love it. And it looks like you were attacked by a giant octopus. Exactly. So, absolutely <laughs> I, no downside. We actually did. <laughs> we, we went as guests to a Halloween event in Indiana mm -hmm. one time. You remember that? And I was the demo for the cupping oh, thing. Yeah, I actually yeah. came across that picture recently and then lost it again. What? The and it does. It looks like attacked by tentacles. Do you remember yeah. the costumes for the Halloween costume? I do. It was Charlie Brown and Lucy. You are correct. <laughs> you are correct. I, I should go now that I'm actually bald. I look more like Charlie Brown. Yes. So, <laughs> so don't look at this. Don't look at the oh, show notes, Don. Okay. One or two. Two. Don, how do you feel about cock worship? Me you know, worshiping cock? <laughs> uh, it is a fetish that involves verbal, physical, and mental adoration of a penis. Verbal adoration. I usually give tongue adoration and hand <laughs> adoration. Verbal well, adoration. Keep in mind now, and, and I want to hmm. say we're separating this uh, from, in, uh, from giving a blowjob. Okay. This is cock worship. This is similar to breast worship. This is, you know getting into it from that perspective so no i like blowjobs i don't know that i've ever done cock worship if you put the vocal in there mm -hmm. i don't know that i've ever your majesty <laughs> but you don't have to verbalize it that way i'm not saying put a little crown and a little scepter little Mr. Penis. that's what i'm picturing so but no, I do spend time and I'm very, I'm very mindful. And, and to me, that's worshiping. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm worshiping because I love cock, but uh, it's not a kink. It's just a thing. It's a hobby. It's a hobby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel worshiped when I give you a blowjob? It is probably. <laughs> I love the hesitation. No, it's probably the. It's a close word to that, and what you do when you, I it just suddenly strikes me that <laughs> Katrina is sitting there thinking, oh, "I didn't know that was this show or going to talk about." It. But anyway, just hang out with us. Um, you are very mindless when you give me head mindless yes you don't think about it you just do mm. it you experience it okay I, mean, I can tell you're not thinking about all right currently i'm giving him a um three a, licks here and two twists exactly there. <laughs> exactly um so i would almost call what you do pretty close to cock worship although now the next time <laughs> you do it i'm wearing a little cape 
Katrina, do you have any opinion on this entire cock worship thing? Uh, so I don't uh, really do a ton of cock worship. I know people who have. Uh, there's a discussion group that I like to attend that my dungeon hosts. And I vividly remember one of the first ones I went to was on high protocol and rituals. And someone talked about how she will do cock worship as part of her high protocol and part of her rituals with her master. And one of those things involved in the morning when he needs to pee, she aims his dick for him. Huh. And and how like that was a very like mindful and part of this ritual of worshiping his body. And like she would shave him as well. And it, it was very mindful for her. Not my thing, but power to you. And she, that's, uh, that's actually part of it is kind of cool. Part of it I find perplexing because my penis has two modes peeing and sexing <laughs> and the two do not mix well together normally <laughs> actually now that i think about it that's a different conversation let's move on i was on. gonna say <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning when i'm still up working on the laptop and you stumble through the rv to go to the bathroom <laughs> should i be joining you and aiming <laughs> Because we are in an RV, that would be very complex and close quarters. Let's let's move on. Don, what, do we have any more fetishes? Yes. So I'm going to give you number one, which is cock and or ball fetish. Fet, I can't say it. Cock and or ball fetish. An obsession with cock and balls. Are you obsessed with your cock and balls? Oh, with my own, I suppose. Yeah, with others, though. With others. Mm, nope. Don't really care about anybody else's cock and balls. I'm not. Nope. Nope. Don't care. Cool. So cock and ball fetish. Mm. I like them, but I don't know that it's actually a fetish because I swing both ways <laughs> or always or whatever. So, yeah. What, what about you, Katrina? Uh, so I'm, I'm bisexual and definitely done fun things with cock and balls, but uh I tend to not be really attracted to genitalia itself. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would feel the same way if you were like pussy worship um, or um, push, pussy fetish. It's just like, hey, it's, it's a thing. Right. I, can, <laughs> I can use it to give pleasure. And if that was the case with brushing their hair, cool. I would do that too. Mm -hmm. nice. So um, I tend to be ten, uh, rather neutral towards the genitalia itself. Okay. Well, um, Katrina, something we've just started doing on the, the podcast as of three seconds ago, because I just made it up, is this <laughs> quiz. Do you which one of my balls do you think is bigger, the left or the right? Left. Oh, I'm sorry you did not win. No. Today. <laughs> ah, no cookies for you. Uh Don, recently we had someone write in who goes by the C name of Beth. Mm -hmm. uh, they said that their therapist sent them to our podcast as a, a, a resource for some of the kinky stuff that they were trying to work out. That is so cool. It makes me wonder who the um, therapist is. But uh, the only thing I checked was to see if they were from our previous local area, mm -hmm. because there's some therapists that know us from Columbus, but uh, they weren't. Oh. So I'm I'm confused where they got it from, but we have been around for 13 years. But that is kind of cool that their therapist 
throw them our way. Absolutely. Um, this person who wrote in used words like we are lovely and charming and helpful <laughs> to a newbie, uh, which is really important to hear, by the way, as after, as Don said, after 13 years, it's really handy and valuable for people to reach out every once in a while and say, yep, still listening, still digging it. Uh, keep going. And I tell you, every time, uh, the very first time, and Katrina, I don't know if this has ever happened to you when you've been presenting, is after you're done with a class, somebody come up and say, well, I have a comment for you. I'm a professional psychotherapist, and it's a really <laughs> scary way to start a conversation, because I always figure they're going to say, and you're full of shit, and you're killing people with your stupid ideas. But so far, I've not had that happen. So while you're calling out someone who is now our, one of our best friends, yes. and that is how we met them. <laughs> so, I love it. So, so glad to hear that this therapist thinks we're doing a good job as well. Awesome. So we did get some tentacles, and see, I've been in touch with Sparky. So Sparky was just doing some shopping online and mm -hmm. came across some tentacle sheets and sent me the, can we put tentacle sheets in the RV? Uh, we can put them in your RV. Oh, so I have to have my RV, huh? Yes. And then um, are you going to the next one? So just Eric, oh, this was actually really pretty. So just Eric sent me a pen and ink picture. So it was like a, a black and white ink wash mm -hmm. of a girl being attacked <laughs> by tentacles it was hot <laughs> uh, it was indeed and don i don't know if you'd noticed just recently uh -oh. and you may, have already, you may have already gotten this um, oh look at that tattoo yeah there's a, a a really really well done tattoo of a tentacly pussy for lack of a better yeah i don't so know how else you would Basano sent that on our Discord channel. So if you're a patron, you get to see some of the technical stuff you. that is that is sent to us. Nice and plug. A, honey. Nice plug. But it's it's and they can't see my hands. But it is a, a vulva, and then the outside of the vulva is all tentacle suckers. Mm -hmm. So that's that's just hot. And it's a tattoo. Yep. So that's cool. It's like the whole back of his arm. Oh, that's and, cool. um when it yeah. comes to food on boobs, so Don, you got those tentacles, but when it comes to food on boobs, I got squats. Squats. So we'll just move on. I'm going to pour <laughs> food on. Hey, so we, we, if you could do self suspension, yes. I can put food on my own boobs and take. Oh, 100%. Food. You should probably do that. No, it's not the same. <laughs> to be it's honest, not the same. it is not for me. That is not the same thing. So we've been doing, God, I should look back. We've been doing tentacles and food on boobs for years at this point. Mm -hmm. I can remember um, Shan showing you, I'm not going to say their whole name, showing you food on boobs in person yes, at GLLA. Quite that the buffet. GLLA. Yes. And that was, that's been many years ago. So been doing this for a long time. I have people that will, um, uh, Katrina, I'll have people that will just send me random tentacle pictures because they know I'm into tentacle porn. <laughs> so nice. They'll be on vacation and walk past a gift shop and go, Dawn needs to see that chandelier or something. It's really cool. So I <laughs> get pictures out of the blue all the time. So Awesome. If you would like to see pictures of our hot, kinky, dirty, dirty life, too bad. We don't do that. But if you want to see pictures of us at Disney, Ooh. head over to 
Instagram. You'll find us as the picture of the day at Erotic Awakening is our Instagram handle. Exactly. So take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. So feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with your questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. You can find us as Dan and Dawn on the Twitter and FetLife. We are Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Or use the links from the Erotic Awakening website for Facebook and Discord. Or just email us at Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Katrina. Bye, Katrina. Bye.